For a while, he had to turn his attention away from his aunt to complete a task that he had been putting off but couldn't do any longer. The house of his mother was about to go on the market, and the realtor had made it clear that everything needed to be in order before it did so. To help him get through this, Clark wished he had brothers, a wife, or anyone else. He wanted to draw a loaded handgun on himself just thinking about having to sift through all of his mother's belongings and be the sole one to decide what to save and what to throw away. Her life had been unstable and she had left him and him alone the entire inheritance along with full responsibility for her acts and her will. When Nanai died, if not earlier, Clark had not entered the house. He tried, out of regret, to forget how long it had been since he had last been in her house. The hospital had been her last place of residence. He noticed her hollowed out, curled shoes as he entered the room. They were neatly pointed in the direction of the stairs. He entered the kitchen with a large green plant on his shoulder, its nearly dead leaves trailing after him. There wasn't even one open carton of milk in the refrigerator. The dishes were done, and the trash was taken out. How long had she known she was going to die? He wondered. She didn't say how long she had been preparing for her departure. Had she done all of this with his dislike of her incomplete existence in his eyes and mind? Or was it a conscious decision? She had, after all, always been a proper, ordered lady. She appeared to be capable of doing it. A removal truck had been parked outside the house later in the day, and two impatient and uninterested workers were hastily packing up furniture and boxes and carrying it away from the house with a zealous lack of emotion. Hopeful that his mother hadn't amassed all of the clutter that had gathered throughout the house, Clark climbed the ladder to the attic. He was so close to being free of this suffering. He climbed to the top and peered down into the abyss. He entered the dark, dusty space and was relieved to find nothing but the dirty floor and cobwebs in front of him. He violently recoiled when he turned to look behind him, hitting the edge of the trapdoor with the back of his head. He then lost consciousness and fell from the ladder to the level below. The doctor declares, we need to call for an ambulance. He's been unconscious for far too long. An ambiguous voice shocked Clark from the bottom of the sea. He was hearing it. The speaker replies, okay, you're right. I think we should. Another voice. This one shallower and with more grit. Clark said, I'm here, in a stupid way, and when he opened his eyes, two removalists were bending into his line of sight. Their debate was being held against the backdrop of the abyss of the attic. Do you believe you're okay, mate? The man with the gravelly voice asked. His friend appeared to be his twin brother if he had been born 20 years earlier, and had a large, reddish face. Clark thought about the prospect of his son. I think so, but I'm going to lay down here for a bit first. All right, to keep Clark warm. Two of the men pulled a towel from one of the rubbish bags that had been left outside the restroom and placed it under his head. He gave the employees the go-ahead to empty the loft since he could no longer bear the discomfort. He closed his eyes and breathed deeply for many minutes before deciding that he couldn't handle it any longer. 